Welcome to my technical hot seat. Today I talk to Eivind Reid. Um, he's an advisor at Whereby since May 2023, if I'm correct, and okay. former CEO of the company. Welcome, Eivind. Thank you so much for uh, having me, Janne. Looking forward to it. Me too, because we are doing this via Whereby which is yeah video calls doing video calls uh, and we will go into the market and competition with the big players in the market later on but first i would like to know um you more a bit Ivan. so do you have a fun fact for me yes i do uh I, i'm not a very funny person i'll admit I, i'm probably seen as being very serious uh so it might not be a fun fact but i get uh, extremely emotional when I watch um, sports and athletes. Uh, so if I see a sporting achievement of sorts uh, that is sort of like next level, I get very emotional. So that can be anything from a tennis match to someone doing Olympics uh, to cycling, whatever it is. When someone does something that I find truly unique in sport, I get quite emotional just watching it. So emotion in sense of loud and cheering on, or are you also close to the water? Yes, very, very close <laughs> to the water. So, so yesterday, for instance, a Norwegian tennis player played against uh, Novak Djokovic in the uh, Roland Garros Grand Slam final. And after the game, I actually shed a tear because I was so happy for him and his experience having gone through and, and played the best tennis uh, player in the world. So yes, it's I can easily get excited, but I can also f uh, f see a, a tear or two leave my eyes. And that's not normal. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not sure if it's not normal, but I think it's, um, I think it's quite healthy yeah. to share a tear sometimes. Uh, and I'm very sympathetic. Can you describe in short whereby? Yes, I can. So whereby is uh, what would be referenced to as a video calling platform. Um, so imagine uh, Zoom, Microsoft Teams, uh, or Google Meet. So like at the first site of Whereby, that's immediately where everyone thinks that the market and the competition is for us. Um, it's a bit more complex than that. But overall, we make it extremely easy and seamless to start a video call without needing to register a user, uh, download an application. Everything happens and works directly in the browser. So the ease of use is one of the key things that differentiate us. Can you go a bit more into detail what that means? Yes. So one of the key things is that we leverage a technology that is called WebRTC, uh, which basically means that we are leveraging the capabilities of your browser. So any computer or Mac today uh, needs to leverage a browser in order to access uh, information on the internet, for instance. So we found that rather than building a native app that you download, um, we can leverage all those strong capabilities and all the great work that has been done by Google and Microsoft and the team at Apple to allow us to piggyback on that work, but then to offer our service purely through the browser. So it changes the whole conception around how you can easily join a call, for instance, because every user has access to a browser. And when you can then just easily click a, one link and then you open up a video call, that is seen as being sort of very uh, useful in many use cases. So it changes the way uh, video calls are being done, basically. No, you're talking to someone who's more into mechanical engineering than yeah, the IT yeah. world. So, <laughs> so I just trying to understand when, because 
I'm using Teams mostly yep. uh, uh, because you cannot avoid Microsoft somehow. Indeed. And even though you try to do open um, sources and use this kind of different things, uh, when you buy a computer, Microsoft is automatically like kind of thing you install. Yep. Uh, or you have to actively click it away. Uh, so how is it to work against, or that would be, you know, how, how can you find your niche between, you know, Teams, but also Skype, Google, Zoom, all yeah. these big players? So you mentioned the, the, the imperative word here, which is the niche, right? So how do you find, how do you carve out a tiny piece of the market that is still big enough to, to sort of like make an impact and, and be able to build a strong business around it? If you imagine any company at any size, any individual around the world can leverage video calls. Let's agree, right? It's a massive, massive, massive market. Any person that has access to a computer is a potential customer of Whereby. But in that is also a great problem because if you start targeting every user in the world, you're going to end up losing because there is no way you can do active marketing. There is no way you can find and carve out that niche. So for us, we see that there are certain sets of users that really want to use Whereby because they really dislike the big players. So imagine consultancies or marketing agencies or people that want to showcase their own brand because we allow our users to make this a branded experience. So you can actually put your own logo on it. You can put your own picture on it. You can put, you can actually showcase your logo in a much bigger way. Those are users that don't want to use Microsoft Teams. They hate Zoom and they really dislike Google Meet. Though there are enough users in the globe for us to actually find those and target them and really build something that they like. Even though we are a small company compared to the big players, we still have millions of active users on our platform and over 17,000 paying customers. It is all about finding that niche and when you can attract customers globally, because we don't care about geography. So if a user is based in Germany or in Norway or in the US or in Australia, doesn't really matter to us. What we want is the ones that care about ease of use and they care about the ability to showcase their own brand on the video calls. Those are the colors, so like the ideal customers for us uh, on this product that we're just talking about. When you already have uh, you know, Microsoft installed because yep. I think 90% have it on the computers. I don't know how it's worldwide. No, it's actually far less than that worldwide, right? So, so I am, for instance, in the, in the tech world, and obviously we're generalizing, but in the tech world, a lot of users have Macs. They don't really, normally, this is the thing that Mac users don't want to be on Microsoft products, right? Yeah. There, there are definitely way more. We have a tendency to think in Europe because Microsoft Teams is bigger here. But if you go to the US, Zoom is a much more loved product. And even uh, Google Meet is quite big compared to the market dominance that we see from Microsoft Teams in the likes of Scandinavia and Germany, etc. Yeah, that's an important point. Yeah. Um, because if you already have it, I was just thinking ease of use, then it's easy to use what you already have on your computer. Exactly. But I think that you would find if you start uh, working actively with, let's say, customers in the US and in the tech scene, for instance, in the US, you will find that a lot of those do not want to go on Microsoft Teams. So it is quite fascinating. But you're also touching on something that we decided, why we decided to pivot parts of our business into a different set of the market. So if you want, I can touch on that because I think that could also go a long way of explaining the difference. 
Yes, please go ahead. Yeah. So the interesting part is that we have something that we call whereby embedded uh, that we offer our customers. That is the fastest growing product that we have, which basically means that we allow companies to take everything that we've built and just embed it into their own applications and workflows. So imagine that you are uh, an online coach uh, or an online therapist, for instance. You have your own brand, you have your own website where users go to find you and where they book uh, the meeting and they can make payments there. Uh, you also want to keep those users on your own site rather than send them to uh, Microsoft Teams or Google Meet to actually do the meetings themselves. So we offer them the opportunity to, with very small lines of code, to integrate us and they get all the benefits of having what looks like to be a unique video call experience. And so we are operating behind the scenes. So we are very big in the healthcare sector, for instance, where a doctor and a patient need to meet. And if you imagine your parents or my parents, if they're gonna meet with a physician, their doctor, they want to be able to just click that button and boom, the video call opens up with a doctor in it. They do not want to mic install Microsoft Teams because they don't use it in their day-to-day -day lives, right? So that's where that ease of use comes back into it. If I told my mother that in order for you to meet your doctor, you have to register with Office 365, get Microsoft Teams, etc., that's not going to work. So your customer base, who are they? Well, first of all, they're global. So we have customers uh, in more or less every country in the world. We even have uh, one paying customer in North Korea. Uh, so I'm unsure how that works from, <laughs> from a payment perspective. But um, so, so that's number one. They are global. Uh, our customer base is um, very, very vast uh, around the globe. Um, they are also customers that, again, want to showcase their brand, that care more about identity and authenticity than being bulked up and being a Microsoft Teams user, for instance. Now, and it's important to state that most of those customers will still go on and use Microsoft Teams, because I don't know if you've noticed, but the way that video call works is basically that the person that is inviting is owning the platform, right? So the person that does the invite will decide what platform are we using for this call today. So when you ask to speak to me, I will say, well, then we will use Whereby, right? But if you're meeting with someone else, you might say, well, then we're going to be using Microsoft Teams. So the interesting part is that a lot of users are used to navigating between multiple platforms. But interesting enough, you find the one that you really like. And whenever you have the chance to invite someone, that's the preferred choice. So that's also how people find out about Whereby. It's not because we do marketing. It's because they test it with someone else and say, oh, I like this. I want to give it a try. And they sign up for a free user, just like you did earlier today. Yeah. I have to admit, it's really easy to use as well. Good. So I give you credit for that yeah. one. It was <laughs> not difficult to find the link. And also the branding, I got my logo in it exactly right but you know as a startup just would like to touch up on that one uh, how how is it to 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 do it's a lot of ups and down uh, during yeah. the time you've worked on whereby can you just make a kind of short this story of whereby yeah so the company was actually founded back in 2010 thinking about it now that feels like a lifetime ago <laughs> right that's a, that's an extremely long time uh, in 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 the world of tech but it's always been around video communication of sorts. And what's interesting is that during that time, we've seen multiple shifts in technology. And that's one of the key things when you want to be in the tech industry 
is that you have to be extremely nimble and extremely light on your feet and adapt to new technology that comes out. Since I started with the company in 2010, we have seen uh, mergers and acquisitions happen. We have seen lawsuits happen. We have seen multiple strategic shifts in terms of technology that we have been using. Even though it's 13 years is a long time, it feels super fast because we've had to adapt so many times to the shifting technologies. When we started, there wasn't even a product called Microsoft Teams. Not even Zoom was started when, when we started our company, right? So when suddenly these two big players come to the market, we are going to have to uh, adapt. If I go through the whole story whereby we'll probably need two hours, but it's, it's sort of like the grit and the resilience that it takes to just stay in the market and being able to handle with the pressure of big, big competitors with very deep pockets is just part of what you have to accept. Yeah. And your roles also changed just recently with Inverbuy. Yeah. So um, is that uh, related to a kind of change in strategy or, or what's... Yeah. Can it, very, yeah, dig into that a bit. Definitely. Yeah, <laughs> and a very good question. So yeah, up until recently, I was the CEO of the company and uh, I have uh, given the reins over to a former colleague of mine who was our CTO, who has accepted the role as CEO. And uh, I would say there are probably two or three components to it. So one is definitely a shift in strategy. Um, I've been doing this for 13 years, as we mentioned. Um, this new person has tons of energy, tons of vision for the product and what we can do and what it can be in the future. And I think that having that and not be, uh, what's the word, uh, sort of like um, be ridden of the past, right? Sometimes you just need to look at the future and not think about what has happened in the past. Because if you spend too much time being battle-scarred like I am, I think it's actually good that someone new comes in with a fresh vision that can lead the team onwards. So for me, the key thing was that I saw I have a person on my team now that can finally take over and I see that there is the potential. So that that is a big one. Um, secondly, is that I also need a new challenge. Um, when you've done this for so many years, at one point you start to feel like I'm maybe not as sharp as I used to be and, and someone else can do a better job for the company. And I've always had that mentality that the moment I am not adding my best value to the company, I will make myself uh, redundant pretty quickly. And so <laughs> that has been part of a strategy that we've spent nearly eight or nine months actually building up to and then finally making the switch now in uh, the 1st of May. It makes uh, very much sense. Um and also very aware on limits where you're getting the tunnel vision and, and yeah. all this. Um, one thing that I've been seeing in, the, seeing in the market is that small players are being eaten, or you know, you mentioned M&As, by bigger companies. So how have you managed to stay independent? Yeah, so obviously we've had chances to, to merge with others, right? I think sometimes and especially in the tech industry people have a way of glorifying M&As and thinking that oh that sounds amazing I, I think it's very rare that they actually work out really well because you might need to jump into another culture there are fundamentally different ways of doing and running the business etc so i think it's actually very important to make sure that you find the right partner if you rush into it i think chances are it could be a complete disaster the conversations we've had previously have all been interesting in the beginning. But then when you start, it's almost like when you start dating someone, the more dates you go on, the more you realize that there is something not quite right. 
And I think that is the same thing with, with an M&A. So we've always made sure that we take our time and really get deep and do proper due diligence on each other. And then we just sort of like find that, okay, it was worth a try, but this is not going to work out. So we've had chances and uh, it's also difficult to know what could have been, right? But we can't really have any regrets. The good news is that we've always had strong, loyal uh, investors at Whereby. And so when we have said that we think it's too soon or this is not the right partner, they've always been backing us and say, well, we trust in the uh, management team. And if you feel like it's best to stay independent, that's what we'll be doing for a while. Getting back to you, Ivan, with my last question, um, what is success to you? Oh, that is a deep, deep, deep <laughs> question. I'm working on this and trying to do a better job of giving a great answer to this. I wish I could give sort of like that it's sort of all about, for me, happiness and, and, and being with my family and stuff. But I have to admit, like, I care deeply about building uh, and building with others. I have found that being part of a team, even though I'm used to leading the team, I find great, great inspiration in being a team member uh, as well. So working together with someone to reach a goal or together with someone to hit a target, uh, I always find that that over time, that is the stuff that keeps making me happy. And then obviously the, the basic ones that having enough freedom and transparency in our lives to have a healthy family and, and a healthy life. I think if we're born in Norway, uh, we are so lucky and fortunate uh, to begin with that I find it very difficult to think that there are so many other things that I would want. Like we are so lucky already that it's difficult to, to come up with one certain thing that would make it even more successful. But Thanks if I had to choose, it would be being on a team, I say. Thanks for sharing. Uh, it's um, it's quite profound what you you just said. So um, I think this is something you'll be thinking a bit about. Huh? <laughs> I'm trying to. I've had this question before, and I'm trying to articulate it. But it is also a, it's a personal question, right? So you want to try and, and find the best way to explain yourself. So thanks a lot. Thank for... you so much for having me on, and best of luck with the with the podcast in the future. Thanks. Take care. Bye. Take bye. If you liked it, please subscribe as I will continue to talk to various experts across industries and country borders.